Aloha, I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak. Welcome to The Body Show. Each week we talk about health and fitness, but none of what we discuss replaces a visit to your own primary care provider. Now today we are doing part two of a very important topic. Last week we talked with author Cheryl Crowther about surviving the storm, her workbook, which she has done a great job in establishing, telling the story of getting a diagnosis, in her case, of breast cancer, and then going through treatments and surviving that. And today we're going to talk about a totally different but related situation. So lucky enough for me, I have one of my great school friends, Tara Lassard, who was here, and she was diagnosed with ovarian cancer, and not just any type of ovarian cancer, but she was BRCA gene positive, something she found out after treatment initiated. Now, this whole entire process of going through cancer, finding a cancer treatment center that makes you feel like your needs are being met. This is this end and honestly, all of the hard work and effort that you put into it is why you are here sitting across the table from me. Delightfully enough, because we've reconnected after I don't want to admit, okay, 30 years. And just hearing how this has not brought you down, but has lifted you up is an incredible learning lesson for me, for everyone, knowing that getting a diagnosis like this does not have to be the end. It can actually be the beginning of something amazing and beautiful. And we are definitely going to tell your story. So thank you for joining me, Tara, on The Body Show. Yay, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you. Now let's talk about geekiness, because I owned that in grade school. I admit it. We were just uh, laughing about the fact that I think we were in the same grade school, like grades six, seven, and eight. Six, seven, and eight, yep. And then I think you went off to a, a different high school, and I, I went to a, a all-Catholic girls' school, and my mother, my sister had gone there, my brother went to the boys' school, I went to the girls' school. And my geekdom didn't end. I mean, I went from geeky to mathlete to who knows what else. But, you know, at that time, you know, there we are. We were all young, you know, just enjoying ourselves. I probably owned the geek crown at that point. You were emerging onto coolness. I don't know about that, but uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, you, you always were. You oh, always were. I don't know about And so, you know, life takes you on this journey. You go to high yeah. school. You go on from there. You, you do. You go to work. You go to jobs. You go to different learning experiences. You've always had this artistic element that I am like an artistic void. So I've always been jealous of anybody with art skills because God, my handwriting is just not even the beginning of atrocious. And that's about as artsy as I get, which is pretty bad. Not true. Oh, you yes, have a fantastic aesthetic. I do uh, have to say. You know, I'll just go with you on you that. You appreciate some amazing I appreciate art. everyone I else's art. Some that is true. Okay. Art. Yes. Yes. So here you are. Tell me about your situation how old you were when you were diagnosed, and then there's a whole other element of this, which is the whole genetic component, yeah. which I think we've talked before on the show about people who want to be tested for BRCA genes, people who are concerned, and yet you are the first person I have had on mm. who actually is positive and looking back on your life go, oh, yeah, there are some things that make sense here, and this is a reason why people should be considering doing testing, in fact, some of your family members. So bring me back to that story that I've heard. But, you know, this was not something where you had any thought or inkling that 
this was this was a cancer diagnosis. No. I mean, so if I can give you a tiny background, so, absolutely. Um, my dad is a chiropractor, and for the last thirty plus years, I've been working with him in chiropractic. So that is a beginning of life. Um, I was in a place where um, extremely like healthy lifestyle for most of my life, organic food and um, no medical really intervention. Um, very much an emphasis on um, you know like more natural herbs and you know working out and like body mind spirit you know clarity. Well, that kind of right, thing, right? Exactly. Wellness, yeah. So that's kind of where I I, I led up to um, for most of my life that way. I mean, I enjoyed um, something which I think really helped, which was boxing and getting into that as a um, a way of sort of getting back um, some of my own. Whew, I guess fighting spirit um, after a bad breakup that I had had, and um, that was really helpful in the sort of fight that was to come. So um, you went for boxing. Yeah. I would go to Ben and Jerry's. <laughs> One of those other things that are different about us. Okay, so boxing was your joy in boxing life. Boxing was a, a really, really healthier good than my, my choice. Oh my okay. goodness, that's all right. I had I had those moments too, so it was you know not void of all. Mm. But um, I, I was uh, it was the three years ago that I was diagnosed. Um, in 2015. Um, and uh, I all I had to say at this point is that uh, I knew there was something wrong. Um, I had acid reflux. And for me, that was not really uh, a normal thing. So I changed um, my diet in the year previous to the diagnosis. I, you know, cut out caffeine and I cut out chocolate and I slept pretty much sitting up and more water, whatever, uh, aloe vera juice, all kinds of things to find out um, after an emergency room visit at a local hospital that I had stage four ovarian cancer. So I can remember thinking upon diagnosis, I'm really happy that it's me and not someone else in my family, because I think of anybody, I I can do this um, pretty much right away. Like, of course, devastation and like complete disbelief. Um, you know, I really had to look into the science of it. And I was like like sort of almost grateful to see the scans and to see what the doctors were seeing and try to understand it and wrap my brain around it. Um, and pretty much right away was really like, I mean, I, I hadn't been feeling good, but I was trying to understand that this was now in my body. And um, I know that there's a whole campaign of F cancer, you know, and pretty much right away, like realized I can't, I can't be that person going through this. And um, if there's one thing that I can do, it will be to to love the fact that that's in my body. So I can remember pretty right on, like just putting my hands where my stomach was, where, uh, you know, the cancer was located to send love there. And um, that the people that were around me would sort of do the same thing when they were with me. And it mattered to me that I would like send love to that area. Um, and it was pretty quick after that I had gone to another hospital they referred me to, which I wasn't really happy with what they said, because I felt like a number and I didn't feel like a person like take into consideration my life and my lifestyle. Um, and at that point, I did not know I was BRCA positive. So um, I researched and found a fantastic Dr. Warshaw um, at um, MD Anderson Cooper in uh, Camden, New Jersey. I'm from Philadelphia. And um, and he put together this super aggressive plan. Um, and I started with chemotherapy. I was on um, Taxotere and um, Carboplatin. And I got 12 rounds um, in a three-month period, I guess. Within, you know, two treatments, lost all my hair. Um, and the side effects 
strangely, when I when I got the chemo, um, were not that horrible because they give you an amazing cocktail of medicine now. But not knowing what to expect, you know, you, you're so fearful of of what that looks like. But I can remember going to a, a, a person who I was gifted a, a session, and it was like an angel session. And she had said to me, um, "There's these visualizations that you can do," and um, I was very much about that. And so, literally, like having angels prepare the way for me before I went in a place and to understand that it was like a cooling blue uh, color and to visualize the chemotherapy going in my body, sort of touching the places it needed to eradicate cancer and sort of talking myself through this is going to be helpful, you know, to me. The side effects um, were were really difficult. Um, so I'm not going to, you know, gloss over that. But um, somewhat controlled by medicine. The bigger part of it is the, is the family aspect and the and the, how it affects your work life and when you're working with your father, <laughs> and how it affects your family when everyone sort of, you know, is is leaning in to help and to do whatever they can to to ease you know your physical pain, your emotional pain, um, much of which is unknown. All right, we are going to hear some more about this story. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak here in the studio with Tara Lassard. We're hearing her story of what it's like to find out that not only do you have cancer, you find out you have stage four cancer after an ER visit, and then you find out you have a genetic mutation along with it. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about the difference between wanting to kill and fight cancer and wanting to love that area of your body and how that shift in her thinking really helped to make a difference for how things progressed from there. We'll be right back after this quick break. Stay with us. Support for The Body Show comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributors, locations, Ekahi Ornish Lifestyle Medicine, and Hawaii Pacific University. Welcome back to The Body Show. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak, here with one of my childhood friends who has seen me through superior geekdom, braces, and who knows what I was doing with my hair way back in the 80s. I don't know. It but was really stylish. It was not. You it are was. dreaming. No, it was big hair. I mean, It was yeah, big that, hair. Yes, you yeah. got that without Aquanet, uh, my friend. True. Sometimes I still have big <laughs> hair and regret it. And we're talking now, right before the break, we were sort of going through this this interesting analogy you had. You know, a lot of times people talk about visualization and I've heard about people saying, visualize your cancer tumor cells being eaten by your immune system and it's this violent sort of image that is meant to evoke power and strength and yet this totally different gentle kind of loving light approach that you took worked so well for you. You mentioned it wasn't, you know, here you are someone who likes boxing and now you're talking about a totally different approach in your body because you don't want to hate parts of your body and this is yeah. in your body and while you're treating it, it's still inside you. Yeah. Wanting to, I don't want to say make peace with that part of your body, but but find a way to live with it. Yeah. And you went through serious chemotherapy. I mean, Taxotere and carboplatin is not a joke. No, I was in a wheelchair for, you know, six, seven months because um, of neuropathy and related issues that way. Uh, you know, I had a major surgery after the first 12 chemos, and then um, I had another series, so 21 total, um, to complete in May of 2016 and be cancer-free, only to find out a week later uh, that I was BRCA positive, which I have to say um, was 
devastating and sort of a relief, if that makes any sense. I had had skin cancer years past. I didn't put two and two together, but BRCA1 gene encompasses breast and ovarian, skin, prostate, and pancreas. So um, of that, now I was faced with sort of a dilemma because there's, you know, preventative mastectomy if there's a considerable chance that you might get breast cancer, you know? And, and some people have done it. Some people have. Angelina Jolie has done it. Other Absolutely. people have done that, brought it to light, yeah. suggested that that is a treatment option that they chose. Yeah. And it's almost like if you don't do it, you might feel pressure to do that. Yet here you are in the midst of finding out that you've just treated ovarian cancer, yeah. you're not ready to sign up for another big cert. I wouldn't be ready. No, I, I mean, I rolled in in a, in a wheelchair with no hair, um, you know, having considerable side effects, um, you know, mouth sores and all kinds of skin issues, you know, things that were happening um, and and stress. <laughs> and someone says, you want another surgery? And you know, you're like, are you I kidding? I don't choose that powerfully, but some people do. And I think, you know, really when it comes down to, um, you know, your headspace around it, whatever is going to be, you know, able to give you peace mm -hmm. is what you can live with and choose to move forward with. And at that juncture, that wasn't my thought. So um, thankfully, I, I chose a breast cancer doctor um, who was able to kind of ease me into the thought of maybe getting a breast reduction at some point down the road if I chose. Um, otherwise, it was sort of uh, every three months to four months that we would do some sort of a test. And that's kind of what I settled in on because that was what felt right to me, you know. So whatever feels right to others, I, I certainly have no judgment. Um, peace Give of mind is credit, really 100%. And moving forward with a, a good feeling around your choices is is paramount. And that's something you mentioned when you were looking at what cancer center you were considering getting your treatment from. Yeah. Finding a place that had the right fit. Yeah. So what did that mean? Can I just tell you? So I was um, uh, diagnosed as cancer-free um, in May of 2016, only to be re-diagnosed in January of 2017 um, with spleen cancer, which was a metastasis of the original diagnosis. So again, um, not a, a really uh, fantastic moment because after all of that work, you got to be kidding me. I'm just getting back to driving. I'm just getting back to work. I'm just, you know, holy smokes. So um, when I, I chose my provider um, to deal with this current issue. It was after um, four other major hospitals essentially gave me like two years um, and um, a lot of possibility of things that were out there that um, they could give me like on a case study type situation. Um, and a lot of it involved a lot of the same chemotherapy that I had had previously, which to me, if I received 21 chemos and it, I only had less than six months of cancer-free survivorship, um, you got to be kidding me, do better. You know, at this point, I'm 44, um, 40, you know, I have a life ahead of me that is you know, bespeaks much more of, I want a quality of life. And I, this is a second recurrence. So come on now. Um, I, I came upon um, Cancer Treatment Centers of America. And uh, to them, I'm eternally grateful because in the first um, uh, situation that I had to meet them, it was on March 29th and March 27th, there was um, a medication called Zajula Neraparib, um, which is a PARP inhibitor and essentially blocks cancer um, in BRCA, you know, patients with ovarian cancer that have responded to um, carboplatin 
chemotherapy, which exactly was me. And so not only did I have a potential for um, an amazing moment of we can remove your spleen, this is our job and we're confident we can do this. But now I had a not, we'll wait and see. Um, I had uh, something to look forward to as far as you have this medicine that you can take afterward, which is sort of a prevention, if you will, um, not without its own side effects because it's an oral chemotherapy. So, um, but oh my goodness, did that make everything seem a bit brighter? And yeah, we will have chemotherapy for you, but it'll only be six rounds and you're not going to have more neuropathy and you're not going to lose your hair. Um, there will be side effects, but you will do this and we will do this with you. And it was a completely different um, approach because they also include um, n- uh, nutrition as part of their deal, chiropractic, acupuncture, Reiki, physical therapy, pastoral care. So it's a, a sense of you know wholeness that you're dealing with all these additional aspects in order for you to be um, almost um, not drug-free because this is cancer, but, you know, as drug-free as possible with the side effects and that you know what you can expect, but you have alternatives and they are uh, amazing help. Well, and I think coming from that background Mm. where your dad was a chiropractor, you already had the sense that there are some other traditions of medicine that are often used and used well for a variety of different conditions. And to ignore that whole aspect of your care was really going against the entire system you grew up in. So to add that element and then add those other really important team members, the nutritionist, Pastoral care, that's something a lot of people don't necessarily think about. And yeah. it's every religious tradition or any religious tradition or just a spiritual tradition yeah. that doesn't have to be a defined faith. Right. Just to add that element into your treatment plan. Huge. That's what made you feel like you found the center that was going to be the place where you felt at home yeah. with your treatment. And it's interesting because I think um, it gave me options. I think the first time I was diagnosed, I really wanted to power through um, and just kind of get it in, get it done, you know, let's get through this and over this. And um, I had a real aversion to taking medicine, um, much to the chagrin of my partner at the time and, and my family. Um, I really did put up a fight of I can do this without medicine. And um, the second time around, I think, has taught me to not be a superhero that um that sometimes the alleviation of some symptoms albeit you know natural or talking to my life coach or uh, taking an actual medicine you know medicine or medication um there are ways that your body does relax into a better place if you give it some rest and um that wasn't as evident to me the first time around but clearly the second time was now you are now aware of the genetic predisposition to other types of cancer. And you've been in a unique position to talk with some of your family members. Yeah. And some of them have decided to be tested and some of them have decided not to be. Yeah. How difficult is that for you as someone who's gone through these treatments to see other people have the potential warning and not want to take that into consideration? So I think it just... um, it saddens me because um, on the other side of this, you have options if you know. And I think, you know, it's, uh, you know, an adage that knowledge is power. But in this case, um, legitimately, there are preventative measures that you can take to just assure that you or your family members, you know, um, will be 
cared for in a way that you feel most comfortable with. So for me, you know, being able to get um, yearly uh, breast MRIs, you know, yearly mammograms, um, and then examinations by, you know, specialists, um, as far as like blood levels, things like that, you know, like there are options that keep me in the know. And and to me, that's um, just a place of satiation. Like I understand that and it makes me feel like I have choices. And for other people that don't choose that, I just wonder, um, I don't know why you wouldn't um, on at this level, except for fear. And I think, you know, fear is a really big motivator. Um, and for some people, you know, Im- they are immobilized by that. And I don't judge them for that. I, You know, that's, again, their choice. But um, there is an option of, of knowing. I think for me now on the other side of this, I would want to know because there are then choices in a direction to move. And again, you, you know, you have to find where you're most comfortable. Well, and I think the hard part is that if there, I mean, I can totally understand people who don't want to get a diagnosis of a genetic disorder that has no treatment. Yeah. Because there's really nothing they can do about that. Yeah. But to, to have potential options and not necessarily seek and choose those options, it's, it's okay if that's your personal choice and it's not necessarily going to affect your children who may be young. And if you made a different choice, they may still have a parent. I mean, literally, we're talking about some potential life and death situations. Yeah. When we come back, we're going to talk more about that. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak here in the studio with Tara Lassard. She is, I want to say, a cancer survivor. I'm just going to do it. I know our, our discussions sometimes lead us to, to worry about the labels, but I'm just going to say survivor and be happy about it. When we come back after this quick break, we're going to talk more about this entire experience. Support for The Body Show comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk show programming. Mahalo to contributors Bush Consulting, Sacred Hearts Academy, and Urgent Care Hawaii. Welcome back to The Body Show. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak here with a childhood friend of mine, Tara Lassard. And in one of our moments, I think we... We participated in a dance contest where you and all of your artistic <laughs> glory had us dancing with rolls of toilet paper, and somehow we won that contest. Uh, I'm very glad there's no videos, and if there are, I never want to see them there ever. There is. I think Dawn has has. Okay, somewhere. we are not going to talk about no. videos because I'm going to live in my fantasy <laughs> world where there were no video cameras. Uh, now, we've been talking a little bit about some serious topics and your experience dealing with cancer and having... Okay found that you have this genetic predisposition, now being really careful with monitoring, wanting to make sure that if there is anything that happens, you are aware of it early on, deal with it as soon as possible. Yeah. Because stage four is the stage at which you don't want to have a diagnosis. And unfortunately, that was the position that you were in. Now, you've described the the wonderful, all-encompassing team approach that you found at Cancer Treatment Centers of America when you felt like you were getting all the different elements of care that you needed. That's one group of people who were helpful. Yeah. Your family has been amazing. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. Yeah. People often don't think about how difficult it is to be the family member of someone who's dealing with cancer. Yeah. Has your mom, I know she's been very involved, your sister, your brother, have they expressed the difficulties that they've had, even in just the thought of being supportive and then also dealing with the reality of what happens if things don't go well. Yeah. um, So 
I think it's been really open that we've been able to express specifically with my mom and my sister. They did accompany me this past time um, to Atlanta, which is where I actually had to treat because my insurance covered it there. And my doctors were there. Um, but that en- encompassed them moving in to the hospital with me. And what was supposed to have taken, um, you know, like two weeks ended up almost taking two months because I had severe complications. So I went in for this spleen, you know, cancer and I had an obstructed bowel. So 14 inches of my um, intestine had to come out. They found cancer throughout my gut. They called it implants. So 50 implants and then like a thumb sized cancer as well removed. And then I had a stomach perforation within a week. So I was there for a long time. And um, thankfully, they had each other while while they were there. And um, the involvement of my family back home was to sort of keep the chiropractic world going and my brother to help support my dad to do that. Um, and I know that that is it's a difficult, difficult thing because so much effort is put in on me and, and me being alive. Um, and yet they were like they were there toiling and their energy was so taken by every move. My mom kept herself really busy by doing a book essentially that she just wrote everything that was happening down and chronicled that. My sister threw herself into disability for me because I wasn't able to work and we didn't know what was happening long term. Um, and so that was something that she did. But she's married and her husband is in New York holding their household down, you know. And um, it has had ripple effects because she is just now getting back to a place where she's, you know, able to to live her work and, and do her life again. My mom lived with me um, for the whole period of time. And so my dad did not have, you know, his wife with him for months. I mean, close to a year. Um, and my brother, the same from being, you know, on the outside, just trying to make life happen and have to come into that. So it really, it really is. And each of their own places, they were hopefully able to get what they needed outside of me because they don't want to burden me with their woes and worries. But that's when friends come in. And that's when, you know, your support team includes people that will come sit with you. So my mom could leave, you know, um, and get a cup of coffee, or get her hair done, get her nails done, do something for her. You know, she also gave up her interior design business and a, a lot of work with the churches, which she loved, you know, so um, selflessness and compassion. Um, it's really not to be overlooked. And now you're giving back. Yeah. They've actually asked you yeah. to be a patient advocate. Yeah. And I did training with my mom, who's going to be now um, an advocate for caregivers because her experience has been so intense. And I don't think that they've quite seen the likes of uh, her and my sister at, at Cancer Treatment Centers of America. Um, and I'm so grateful to give back because it just I've been so fed by complete strangers and people who have just picked up on the the finer points of the how are yous, you know, and had been there to listen to me. Um, and that's something that's so important and something that I, I have a unique position because not everyone gets this far with this. And I have. And I'm so grateful and can't wait to just, um, you know, be at ears and and some heart space good stuff for people that need it. So, yeah. Well, and there's something to be said for talking with someone and saying, I have been there. Yeah. I mean, a lot of times, you know, health professionals can say, this is what I think it's going to be like. But unless they've walked that road, yeah. it's very difficult 
And often some of the best information you can get is from other people who have learned from one another or through that experience how to handle some of those symptoms. What do you do when your hair starts to fall out? How do you deal with nausea that makes you unable to eat when you're dehydrated? These these common sense things that I may, as a health professional, not have any idea of how to give someone any guidance and to give them real-world techniques on how to help themselves. And so this is... What amazing to me that you're at the stage where you're ready to even help other people through this, knowing that you're still dealing with a lot of these monitoring issues yourself and all these other big questions that come up. Yeah, I've just been doing Zajula now. Um, It's been two months and um, and it has similar side effects because it's still an oral chemo. So, you know, I am in it. And am I happy? I just started driving. I think it's been two months. that I've been, you know, weaning down from a, a walker to a cane to now not. Um, yeah. And traveling around Hawaii with me, <laughs> seeing the ocean, going to the beach, yeah. going to luau's, you got it. Yeah, well, yeah. I have to say, you have been in it to win it. Thank and you. I look forward to having you back again and hopefully never seeing that video of the toilet paper dance. No. Oh, no more. No Let's more. Let's not do it. All right. I want to thank you for sharing your expertise with us here on The Body Show. If you'd like to hear the go to the show again, you can click on hawaiipublicradio.org. Follow the links to The Body Show. You can also find us on the HPR app. Our engineer is David Chong. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak. We'll see you next week on The Body Show. Mm-hmm.